Hey guys, welcome back to A Catholic Guy's Thoughts. I'm your host, Charlie. Today we're going to be starting the first part of a two-part series on morality and making choices. And if you enjoy the episode and want to explore morality even further, I re recommend buying Making Choices by Peter Kreeft. I've linked it in the description, as this book was most of the inspiration and basis for the series. But without further ado, let's get into it. <laughs> So today, I am not necessarily defining morality. Actually, that's just not what I'm doing at all. So the title is a little misleading. But I believe morality is defined from above. And as a Catholic, I believe that God created the moral law that governs man. And he has the power to do so because as David wrote in Psalm 25, I believe that good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in the way. He leads the humble in justice and he teaches the humble his way. But whether you believe God is the one who created all, including the moral law, is a subject for another time. What is important is that you believe in a moral law. But it is necessary for us in our society to create a conversion of morality. Because modern morality's main focus is on individualistic morality. This means that they believe morality is subjective and relative to the situation that it is whatever benefits the most and characterized by their beliefs or opinions. But this idea of modern morality focuses on moral values rather than moral law. And there's a distinct difference between the two ways of approaching morality. Laws are created by something above us and for us to follow. The easiest example of this is the laws of our country. They're created by our government and we follow them. But values are something created by humans for humans. They're created by a single person in every person because it differs from person to person believes to be morally important in life. And as Peter Kreef puts it in his book, do as you please is not morality. Morality is not a calculation of what decision benefits us the most. And morality is not just what works the best because morality is not efficiency. Rather, he says morality is an obligation for us to follow in order to live a morally good life. And oftentimes it seems so hard to live a morally good life in modern society. We're faced with so much temptation, so much corruption, that it is hard for us to make good moral decisions. But this is how G.K. Chesterton puts it. Making moral decisions is always a terribly confusing thing to someone without principles. And principles means a fundamental belief in truth. And this is significant. Because if we are governed by a fundamental belief in truth, we are acknowledging that there are moral absolutes, that a complete moral law is based on moral abs absolutes rather than moral values. Now, our society has divided modern morality into three different segments. But really, these three different segments is just the true morality, moral law, split into three different segments to deal with different areas of morality. Because it's impossible to have a relative morality that works in every single situation. And you find if you apply the same situation or try to in the modern morality, the answers will contradict each other. Rather, if you use moral law, you will get the same answer every time and you will have a consistent moral compass. But the first area of morality is the individualistic morality. This is the main area of morality pushed by modern morality. We talked about how it's subjective, meaning that it deals with the intention of the act. Now, the next area is legal morality, which deals with the objective part of the act, which is the act itself. 
and it tries to justify our act by the governed laws of a nation. And then lastly, there's ethical morality, which deals with situational and subjective morality combined, and it's often used in problems like the trolley question, whether you save your mother or you save five people. But these modern areas of morality are just separations of the concept of moral law given by St. Thomas Aquinas. St. Thomas Aquinas tells us that in order to have a moral act, you have to have a good intention, a good act itself, and a good situation. And as you can see, these are just split up into three areas of modern morality. But if we look closer, we can see how they contradict each other if you try to apply the same situation. So let's start with the individualistic morality. The individualistic morality tells us if the intention is good, then it is a moral act. But if a person considers money to be important, and remember we talked about moral values is what someone considers important. If they consider money to be important in life and they steal in order to get that money, their intention is to get more money. And that's not a wrong intention. It could be classified as a selfish intention, but it's not necessarily wrong. So that it would be a moral act according to modern morality. Next is legal morality. And we can immediately see, we can immediately see the contradiction because the act itself is not good, but we just said it was a moral act. How can now it be an immoral act? And even though it contradicts each other, we can see why it is not practical, why it is not reasonable. So legal morality or the area of morality called legal morality is whether our actions are justified by law. But according to this definition, there was no use in fighting in World War II. Nazi Germany believed that killing Jews was legal, it was good, so they were doing nothing wrong according to legal morality. But again, we know it's wrong. They're acknowledging that there's moral absolutes because we know that killing is wrong, and just because it's okay in their society does not mean that it is okay. There are things that are wrong. There are moralities that are wrong, and modern morality is wrong in so many instances. But lastly, there's ethical morality. And like we said, this deals with the situation and subjectiveness, which we've talked about is the intention, but leaves out the act itself. And if we look back at the first example that we use in individualistic morality, the intention is to gain more money. And the situation is that he has no money. So why is it an immoral act for him to steal that money? It's because we have to combine all three of these things. We have to combine the act, we have to combine the intention, and we have to combine the situation. It's an immoral act to steal because stealing is immoral. The act is immoral. The intention is good. I would say it's selfish. And the situation, the situation can't justify the means. The end doesn't justify the means. It's commonly said because it is completely true. Just because you have no money does not justify you stealing money. You have to work for it. And as you can see, it's just so necessary for our society to have a conversion, to put the intention, the act, the situation together, and to use St. Thomas Aquinas' way of deriving a moral act. And what I hope is becoming obvious is that modern morality is flawed. We've seen why it's flawed. 
because it contradicts itself. Contra it can't be true if it contradicts itself because it's not based on absolutes, it's based on relativism. And we know that relativism doesn't work because not everyone is right. There are rights and there are wrongs. And whenever we see people using this way of thinking, this, using this way of morality, we need to correct them. We need to say something. We need to have a conversation with them. Socrates and Plato, two of the greatest Greek philosophers and greatest minds in, to humankind, agree with St. Thomas Aquinas. They believe that our actions must be evaluated morally by universals. They acknowledge that this sort of subjective, self-serving morality in his words, are unvirtuous. Now, Socrates teaches that the wrongdoers think that there's something good in doing the evil act, even if it is only good for them. So they do it. If the wrongdoers understood why the act was considered to be wrong, they would not do it. They do it because they mistake the evil act for a good act in some way. Given the options, humans will choose the option that appears good for them. When they choose what other people call evil, it's because they disagree. They will continue to do the evil acts unless and until they no longer think of them as good. And Socrates, Socrates says this is because they are ignorant. They have failed to see the flaw in their way. They have failed to see the evil actions of their way. And he warns them. He says if the people realized the damage their actions had on their soul, they would no longer do it. And Plato expands on this in his book Plato's Republic. He warns us that this sort of ignorance leads to corruption for power and a mob-driven society, which is a society driven without reason or virtue, and it will result in violence and force to impose their point onto whoever disagrees with them. Now, when I think of the key moral issue in our society today, I think of abortion, pro-choice versus pro-life. But I would argue that the pro-choice side of the debate is what Plato has predicted. They are in a mob mentality. They are unvirtuous and without reason. They back up their arguments with self-experience and emotion rather than facts and reasons. They are intolerant. If you've ever noticed, they are unwilling to have a civil conversation about it because they know that they don't have any facts about it. Whereas the pro-life side is tolerant, they're reasonable, and they're willing to have a conversation about abortion and the morality of it because they have the facts they have the knowledge and they know that if the person truly listens to them and has an open mind then it would be impossible for them to stand for an abortion but because modern morality doesn't deal with truth it doesn't deal with knowledge it's impossible for anyone who practices it to have a complete moral compass rather they just have a fragmentary moral compass they have glimpses of what a true moral life is but this doesn't help them when they're debating issues such as abortion. For they know they have no reason, they have no knowledge or no facts. So they use emotion and they try to use their emotion to prove their point, to force their point upon you. But without knowledge and without truth and without reason, it's impossible for modern morality or people who practice modern morality to be virtuous. And virtue is a necessary component of a human. We need to have a strong moral compass so that we can make moral decisions and live a moral life. Now, I've talked much about why modern morality is flawed and why a set of moral laws that are absolute is necessary. But we have failed to mention 
or I have failed to mention, what the moral absolutes actually are. For us as Catholics, we believe that God created the moral law and his absolutes are found throughout his teachings in scripture, but specifically in the Ten Commandments and the Beatitudes and the way Jesus lived his life. But if you are thinking, I'm just trying to impose my religious, religious beliefs on people, you have yet to study any sort of philosophy as well as fail to interpret many of the underlying themes about morality in common literary works that you would read in high school. The great Greek philosophers, as well as many others, believe that virtue or a strong moral standard is a natural law. They believe that it is not a divine law as they were not religious, like as Catholics believe it's a divine law. But that's okay, because they actually believe that this natural moral law is written in the conscience of every human being. Which, if you study Christian morality, we believe is written, God's moral law is written on the hearts of every human being, and it leads them to him. And there's all sorts of proof for this belief. As children, when we see something, oftentimes we get a gut feeling of whether it's right or wrong. This is development of our conscience. This is the development of our virtue, of our morals. When we see something and we just have that gut feeling that it is wrong, our conscience is telling us that that's a morally wrong act. And we don't need anything else to know that's a morally wrong act because we have the gut feeling, we have the conscience to tell us that it is a morally wrong act. The child has this innate feeling that it is immoral, proving that it is something natural, something that is written in us as humans. But our society has been attacking the natural or divine moral law in us by conditioning us from a young age to dull our conscience, to dull our heart and our moral compass. But even in the most extreme cases of moral dullness, modern morality fails to address the extremes of the moral absolutes. There's a reason why we believe murder is wrong. There's a reason why we believe stealing is wrong. There's a reason why we believe genocide is wrong. There's a reason why we believe rape is wrong. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And many others, natural laws are written in our hearts. And even if modern morality tries to say different, we know they're wrong. We've seen how modern morality contradicts itself. We can even feel it because we have that innate feeling that such an action is wrong. And our society's morals have been under attack for many years now. They try to condition us into believing in relative moralities, but we will not stand for such a thing. I beg everyone, and I truly beg whoever is listening, to invite your friends into a conversation about morality. Be like Socrates and engage in conversation with them and show them the contradictions of modern morality. But do this civilly and do this politely so that you'll promote the most fruitful of conversations. Share this episode with someone who needs to hear it, but we need to talk about this problem and promote a culture focused on an absolute moral law and truth. Because if we fail at this mission, our society will be corrupted until there is no good left, and we will not be in a society worth living. And to anyone and everyone who stuck around to the end of this episode, I thank you and I appreciate it a lot. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and follow. I'm Charlie from Catholic Guys Thoughts. Have a great day.